Welcome to Think Big with Dan and Kasim. Join hosts Dan Melnick and Kasim Masood as they explore big ideas, limitless possibilities, and engage with visionaries, entrepreneurs, and thought leaders who dare to dream big, get inspired, motivated, and find practical tips for personal growth. Think big, dream bigger, and ignite your potential. Welcome to Think Big with Dan and Cosm. We have Liba filling in for Cosm today. And our guest today is Ryan Holiday. So, Ryan, if you want to go ahead and introduce yourself, tell us where you live and what you do for a living. Glad to be on. Uh, good to talk with you, Dan and Liba. Uh, this is Ryan Holiday. I'm from Medina, Ohio, working in uh, Cleveland, Ohio. I'm a vice president of operations here at uh, Biro Sales. And uh, I coach in uh, North Royalton, Ohio. So, I'm a head basketball coach uh, for the varsity boys over at uh, North Royalton. So glad to be on and excited to uh, dive in a little bit. Awesome. So I guess the first question is, how are you able to manage your timing? Because being a head basketball coach, I play sports in high school is a lot of work. And also your director of operations at a company. How are you able to structure, manage your time to do both essentially sort of full-time jobs simultaneously? Yeah, it's that's a great question. And uh, it's taken years of practice uh, learning how to manage time. And uh, some of it's just I have really great people around me. So I surround myself with great people great assistant coaches, great people that I work with, and uh, highly talented people. So I spend a lot of my time training, coaching, and developing people around me, and uh, it allows me to focus on the big things. So uh, early in my career, I used to just handle every detail, and and uh, my time management wasn't that great. And uh, over time, I've learned how to develop people around me and then focus on the big things. That's, that's probably the secret to it. But I, even with doing that, uh, coaching in the off season, it's, you know, 15 hours a week you're in, in season, it's 40 plus. So it is a full-time gig. If you're going to do a good, good job coach in a, in a tough conference. And I have elite coaches that I'm going up against and I have to be on the ball or they're going to take us down. So it's, uh, it's a lot of fun, but, uh, you know, definitely keeps me busy. That's for sure. Awesome. So when it comes to being, you know, working in operations, how did you get your start? How are you like, you know, when just to get to where you are today, like where did you start from and work your way up to be in your current position? That's a great question. So I started um, right out of high school. I went to Toledo University for two years. Um, I would give myself a C in my college performance, uh, played too much sports, worked out, hung out a little too much, um, came back home and got into manufacturing. Uh, I got into pressure sensitive adhesives with a company called MTech. And at the time, then I started going back to school full time. So I was working full time, going to school full time doing continuous education on Saturdays and Sundays, which turned out to be one of the greatest blessings ever because I was taking classes and then applying what I was learning at class at work at the same time. So uh, I feel like my college experience was uh, a very high level college experience. I was working with professionals in college. Um, so I started in manufacturing. I started on the floor. I mean, I was I was running machines and team leader and things like that. Um, over time, uh, we did so well that our company was purchased by 3M. So then I got to spend a number of years working for a company and elite level manufacturing. And uh, so what I did is, you know, I have this theory, you know, put yourself in the room where you're not the smartest person. So uh, I had some great mentors and people I learned from and they taught me and uh, I watched and observed and over time got into supervision and then 
operations and then Six Sigma and uh, just kept challenging myself. Um, from there, um, I did leave 3M because I, I my next move was um, leaving Ohio and Northeast Ohio. And, it, you know, it just didn't make sense for me and my family at that time. So uh, I got into a couple different companies before found another, you know, I worked for Oshkosh. I worked at a steel manufacturing for a little while. And then I found uh, a home at a company called Firedex, and I spent uh, 12 years there as the operations manager. And that was a tremendous experience. And then uh, I took a growth opportunity to uh, become the vice president here at uh, Biro Sales and actually go full circle and come back to pressure sensitive label material. So that's kind of, you know, a 50,000 foot view of my journey. I would say it's hasn't been a straight line. It's been an up and a down and uh, a lot of turns, but super exciting. And, uh, you know, for me, the key is just keep learning each and every day. That's what I do. Every day I learn. Stay humble and keep learning. What are the main challenges that you're facing right now in, in terms of what you're doing? Yeah. So the unique challenge um, with my current position is um, we're a smaller company and uh, we are trying to uh, grow this business. And, um, you know, I would say the, we are in the direct thermal business and this, most of our customers would be, uh, in the meat department at a grocery store, the produce department at a grocery store. We're, we're trying to grow that business. The label business itself in the United States is about a $49 billion business annually. And we are less than one half of 1% of that. So we have tremendous growth potential. And uh, it's one of the things I love to do is scale up a business. So um, start it at a certain level and then have projected goals and then grow this business. So for me, it is not only in manufacturing and scaling that up, but uh, it's also learning the sales cycle, learning how to uh, find the markets and then build that network and those relationships, build that trust so that people can rely on us, count on us, and then we can be their, you know, the preferred label supplier. So it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. You know, I love that I'm learning new things. The manufacturing side, it to me, comes pretty easy, comes pretty natural. Um, the sales side and the sales cycle has been fun. I, I did dive into it a little bit. You know, one of the things, Dan, I didn't you know, mention in, in my basketball career was uh, I started a online training development for youth basketball. And that was all online business. Uh, I ran it on a platform out of Hong Kong called Coachbase. And uh, it was a really fun endeavor. I actually had more success in Hong Kong than I did in the United States. And uh, But that taught me a lot about sales. So I, had, I really had to learn sales and the sales cycle. Um, so, so, but I'd say that, you know, that'd probably be my biggest challenge is is learning the sales side of the business. It's, it's been it's been fun. It's been outstanding. We're we're having a ball with it. So, great question. So, what what is the role of technology in your business? Yeah, that's a that's another great question. So, for us, our business, um, we've been running presses, uh, Mark Andy presses that were built in 1985. So, these are older style presses. They are flexo printing presses. Um, and I joined the company in November. And since then, we've purchased uh, two new finishing presses. So we've, we purchased um, a Rotoflex, and then we just purchased a brand new DACO, which is a die cut and slitter all in one. And 
Uh, our newest is much, much more advanced. It has a PLC. It has um, a touch a touch screen uh, operations. It's got memory. Um, the thing that I love about it from manufacturing is we can build a product portfolio and standard and then save that product so that when the operator then comes back to run it two months later, they hit one button and all the tensions, all the settings are done. In our older presses, um, you know, we've got uh, um, operators who have 20, 30 years experience and they just, they know how to weak the machine and, you know, it's a lot more touch and feel where our newer machines, we can go in, go through that process one time, set the machine, we're done. Uh, it's also got the ability to keep labels and stop the roll before it stops and just all kinds of advanced features. You know, that's probably the role of of technology. The other part of technology in our industry is the printing machines that our customers are using continue to evolve and they continue to change. So um, we've got on our staff some folks that we can go into our customers' printers remotely and adjust their settings, do designs, do their safe handling, do their, you know, all the different things that they would need for their label. You know, you don't know how much it is. You go and you 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 get some ground meat and they put it on a scale and then this scale prints out this label and they put it on there and you don't pay much attention to it other than the price probably as a consumer. But to get that label to print exactly what you want it to print every single time, uh, there's, there actually goes a lot into it. So the technology keeps evolving. Technology keeps changing, and uh, it's super important for us to stay on the cutting edge of it and right at the front of it. Are you looking at or using artificial intelligence at all in your business? Uh, so we, we we just started using some things to help some of our marketing, finding customers, helping us uh, write letters, write company policies. You know, um, you know, one of the things as a a business, we've been a smaller business, so. There, you know, when I came on board, there's a lot of policies and a lot of procedures and a lot of things that we have to develop um, that I've done in the past. But to to make it a little faster, a little easier, I get a head start by using, you know, chat GP or whatever, you know, and just the different things like that. So uh, artificial intelligence is slowly working its way into our industry. I wouldn't say it's prevalent yet. Um, we are certainly starting to use it here just for efficiencies. And helping us get more done from day to day, um, you know. But it's it's definitely you know the wave of the future. So we're you know again we're trying to stay stay ahead of that. You know, some of the new um, the next evolution for us is going to be to upgrade our printing abilities and our capabilities, and the artificial intelligence in the next series of printing is unbelievable. It learns processes as it goes and it adapts and it adjusts. So we're not there yet. Um, we have upgraded our die cutting, our slitting, our finishing. Um, our next step in our growth is to upgrade our printing technology. And we're, we're in the, you know, I would say it's the discovery period right now. We're probably a year out before we uh, make that big step. And that is a big step. But uh, we're super excited about it. And the advantages that that can come out of it are just unbelievable. The efficiency gains and and things of that nature. So it's it's going to be exciting. We, we're, we're really excited. We're looking at all our options right now. Awesome. So what would you say are your top priorities in the next three to six months? So for us, the you know, our, our top priorities is market share, first and foremost. So we went through a period where we increased our capabilities and our capacity. 
And, uh, you know, we've done that. So now we are in the process of growing our market share and getting the word out. You know, I always say uh, this business has been around for 60, 70 years. The label side of the business has been around for 33. And we have, for the most part, we've been operating in, you know, I call it stealth mode, real quiet and not letting us, you know, nobody knows about us. It's a just kind of an add-on piece of the business. And we've made a, a corporate decision to... Okay, it's time to let the world know we're here, we're ready to go. And uh, so the next three to six months, there's going to see tremendous growth for us. We're super excited. Um, we're, we're adding customers every week and uh, we're getting the word out there. So that's, you know, it's, it's exciting again. And that goes back to the sales cycle where, you know, we, we, over the last six months, we've been upgrading our manufacturing. And then the next six months, we're going to, we're going to tackle market share and then we're going to get to a point where, okay, our printing capabilities needs to catch up. And uh, that's when we're going to then add the next newest, latest, and greatest technology into our printing capabilities and probably start getting into digital printing. We're, we're, we currently are only flexograph printing, and we're going to have to continue to flexo because direct thermal paper cannot go through a digital printer because of the heat. Uh, so we'll continue to flexograph, but then we're going to add in uh, digital printing. So in, in terms of capturing market share, right, what does that look like for you? Are you guys going to more trade shows or are you doing more cold email? Like, How are you going to grow and capture more of the market in the next three to six months? So for us, there's two strategies. We, um, we, can, we can sell direct. So a lot of times you're selling to a direct uh, grocery store in a chain. Uh, but many times we are growing through distribution. So we are connecting um, through lots of media, through um, you know LinkedIn, through um, Google Ads, through our you know we're we're revamping our website right now. So we're doing a lot of things to connect. Um, but many times it's through distribution. And what happens is in our business, people that uh, sell these types of scales need to provide the label. And the media that goes inside the scale, that's where we come in. So locally, we are selling direct and nationally because we don't have a sales team that, that you know, circumferences and circles the United States yet. We will one day, but right now we're going through distribution. So locally, it is uh, directly through chains and networking and people that we know. And then nationally, you know. Uh, Dan, I know you had mentioned uh, you, you you were from Chicago. You know that's an area that we've been really targeting. We're starting to have some success, and it's all through distribution. It's people who are th- selling different scales, like Zerba scales, you know, or like Ashida, you know, diff- just different things like that. And then when they sell that scale, we come alongside them and say, you know, we can provide that media that goes in there. So really exciting. The opportunities for us are endless. They are endless. And we're just getting started. So, so, so what is the biggest piece of advice that you wish you knew when you first started your journey and your career? Yeah. Okay. So there's so much. Um, I, you know, I say, I, I just, each day I continue to learn and learn and learn, but um, you know, I would say it's the, the art of developing and building people around you. I would say that's probably um, the key to success. So you know, I typically try to put people around me that that maybe have a skill set that's stronger in an area than I am, and then um, develop them, coach them, lead them, encourage them. You know, that's that's really important. You know, you have to have good people around you. 
Um, you know, I say that in basketball too. The best basketball coaches are the ones that have great assistant coaches and great players. You know, you can't be a good coach if you have players that aren't good. So, you know, in my basketball program, we really emphasize player development. We emphasize coaching development. So, um, and then learning how to stay humble and then get a group of people together that can solve problems. And I learned this early on when I, when I worked at 3M, I, I got involved in an adhesive coating project and I was young. I was in my, my mid twenties. Um, you know, essentially what we did is we got in a room and I said, let's, let's just all leave everybody's title at the door and let's just solve a problem. You know, just like a group of friends. And we came out of there with a $700,000 a year savings. And that kind of changed the business, right? That, that's, a big, that's a big annual savings. And what I learned from that was you don't have to be the person with the right answer all the time. You just have to be part of the team. And then you got to trust people and you got to work with people. And I think that's the key, you know, being good to the people around you, um, being a strong leader. Don't get me wrong. You have to be decisive and you got to make decisions. Um, but bring, bringing people with you when you make those decisions is critical. And I would say that's probably the biggest thing that, I, that I've learned. And early in my career when I was a team leader, uh, I ran a department and the de department ran great, but uh, I would spend 12 hours running around that place doing everything. And at the end of the day, when I left that department, it wasn't that strong, you know, because I was the person running around doing everything. And I, I learned that wasn't the best strategy. And then, you know, I was... As your team grows, um, you've really got to take time and see the big picture. You know, you've got to be three months ahead, four months ahead, one year ahead. What is your what is your five year? Do you have a five year plan? And what is it? And are you staying ahead of it? And then the last thing I would say is continue to work on yourself. Recognize that whoever you are today, you can be better tomorrow. So just keep working on yourself. Keep learning. Keep growing. Um, you know. You know, Dan, like what you guys are doing, you're you're out here interviewing and you're learning and you're growing. I think it's fantastic. I, I love what you guys are doing. Awesome. Thank you so much. So if we have this conversation again in one year from now, what are things going to look like? You said that one year things going to be much different. What do you envision things looking like for your business? Yeah. So our market share is going to grow tremendously. Um, our staff, we will we'll probably double our staff. Um, we'll probably be in the beginning stages of figuring out what our new print line looks like. Can it be in our current facility? Do we need to add a facility? You know, our, our marketing campaigns will be stronger. We'll understand where to go and how to get there. So, uh, yeah, there's, there's going to be a lot of changes for our business. Um, we take a lot of pride in making sure that we service our customers to the very highest level. So we've, we've got long standing relationships with our customers. So our customers have been with us for a long time. We don't lose customers because we make sure we take care of them. And, you know, for me, you know, it's very important that as we grow, we don't change that customer service uh, mindset. You know, we don't want to outgrow that. I've seen companies that they, they sometimes outgrow that. So that's very, very important to me that, you know, we, we stay true to our business and who we are, and we continue to serve our customers at the, at the highest level. So for us, you know, it could be, you know, right now to double our business in one year is certainly possible. And I think that's uh, probably about where we're going to be. We're going to be about 50%. And, and then that, that, that curve starts to get a little bit exponential. So now in a year from now, it's going to be managing that growth, not just trying to grow but picking and choosing how we grow. 
and picking the right customers and making sure we don't grow so fast that we lose our customer service. That's that's what one year looks like for us. That's exciting. And we're rooting for you. So if somebody wanted to reach out to you personally or to your company, what's the best way for somebody to reach out to you? Yeah. So anybody could reach out to me um, at rholiday at byrosalesinc.com. And uh, that's two L's in holiday. Uh, or they could just just call our number, which is 216 651 uh, two nine three three. You can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, that's another good way. You know, I'm always trying to network on on LinkedIn. Um, for our industry, Label Expo is a big place to meet. This year, it's in Brussels. Uh, next year, it'll be back in the United States. Um, we'll have plenty of representation at Label Expo, and uh, you know, we're just excited to, to to grow this business. So, so great question, Dan. Awesome. Well, Ryan, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for joining us. And as I said, we're definitely rooting for you. Hopefully in one year from now, we can chat again as you guys double in business. All right, guys. Thank you very much. You guys have a great day. Thanks. You too. All right. Bye. All right. Bye guys.